0: We're always telling your stories, and it's time someone tells ours. We're humans first, journalists second. We chose this career to give you a voice. Now we're voicing ours. It's true, journalism has much room for improvement, but not all hope is lost, and we want your trust back by humanizing one journalist at a time. We're sharing with you what we go through to bring you the news. The pain, the tears, the trauma, and the mental health struggles. It's painful, And sometimes we even work two jobs to make ends meet. But we all have something in common. The passion, the joy, and the love we feel for storytelling and holding the powerful accountable. That includes holding ourselves accountable. So here are stories from us. This is how we want to help improve the news industry. The Awakened journalist is proud to present Media Healers by Emiliana Molina Fajardo. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Awakened Journalist and our special project Media Healers. Today we'll be speaking to Danny Freeman. He's an Emmy award-winning reporter who began his career as a political journalist for Columbia Reports around 2013 um, after graduating from Dartmouth College. And he actually graduated with a cum laude distinction and with a bachelor's degree in government. Danny has since worked in multiple roles uh, with Universal from a political reporter to hosting his own political show in San Diego. And he is currently a reporter at NBC in Philadelphia, uh, which is market size four. So Danny, congratulations on that move. And thank you for agreeing to do this interview. Thank you, man. It's my
1: absolute pleasure.
0: Awesome. So Danny, how did you first um, decide to become a journalist?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, that's interesting. My journey to journalism is a little different than a lot of other people. A lot of other people have uh, these great stories of how they were four years old doing a, an anchor reel in their parents' basement. I was not like that at all. I um, was in college. I, I loved my school. I loved my studies. I, I did not know what I wanted to do. Um, I loved politics, I love political science. as you said, I majored in government. So I knew that I had an interest in policy. I I, I was a nerd who took a lot of policy classes about how governments worked and why they worked. Um, And finally, uh, actually the reason that I ended up in journalism is I graduated. I'm Colombian, I was adopted. Um, And the one thing I knew I wanted to do when I graduated was go and live in Colombia, Colombia. So, uh, I graduated, I found basically whatever job I could just to get me to Colombia, to get me down to the country that, um, you know, my my family is from. And the job that I happened to get was this job working, as you mentioned, at Columbia Reports, um, an English language news website based in Medellin. And I said, you know what, I'll try this journalism thing for a couple of months, we'll see what happens. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, then I'll find another job. I'll go back to the States, whatever it may be. Um, and as you can imagine, I was hooked. I loved the job. I loved the purpose. I loved uh, the people in Colombia when I was down there. Um, and you know, that was eight years ago now, and here we are today. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. And I love that story because we met in San Diego when we were uh, both working um, in California. And you told me that you were adopted and that you were from Medellin and I'm originally from Medellin. Um, So I loved hearing the fact that you just traveled down there to get a job, to get to know the country, the culture, um, learn more about your roots and where you were coming from. And how was that experience for you when you were there?
1: You know it was incredible. I, I always tell people it was it was it was like you know a lot of people went to to like I said to journalism school and had those experiences with great professors and great teachers. This was like my journalism school. This was my crash course because, as you very well know, the stories and the need for journalism in Colombia is 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 above and beyond almost anything that we comprehend here. Frankly, I think in the mm-hmm. state. I remember one of my first interviews was with a political. Uh, candidate who, for president at the time, who had had to flee the country because there had been too many assassination attempts on her life in Colombia. And, you know, I'm a 22-year-old, 23-year-old kid. I mean, my eyes are open. And um, I just think that, as I kind of alluded to before, one of the things that stood out to me is just the, the, the people of that country, actually something that I've felt here in Philadelphia coming as well, were so open to reporters, were so welcoming to expats, to to, to basically strangers coming in and saying, hey, I would love to help tell this story. Um, And that was so meaningful to me. And I don't think that I would be in this role today, if not for the kindness of Colombians, of the people of Medellin at that time. Um, That really showed me
0: what, you know, the power of journalism could be. All right, so you finished that job in Medellin and what happens next? You come back to the States and land a job in journalism here?
1: Yeah, so I I, I um, finished my job in Colombia, and I love the job so much. I covered a lot of their politics. I covered the uh, uh, presidential elections in 2014, uh, get in touch with and interviewing a number of the candidates for that particular race. Um, and I said to myself, I want to be doing that back in the States. I want to be doing politics and political coverage back in the United States. So. Um, I ended up somehow getting a job at NBC in their PAGE program, which got me into the building um, in 30 Rock. I worked there in New York, loved it, worked for the NBC election unit, worked for Nightly News, and then it all translated into a job uh, heading into 2016, becoming what's called a campaign embed reporter for NBC News, which basically is a job where they take young, uh, you know, aspiring journalists and young journalists in their field, hand you a camera and say... Go, good luck. Welcome to the craziest story you may ever cover in your life. Um, So For almost two years, I lived out of a suitcase, hotel, 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 uh, covering the 2016 election for NBC News. That meant uh, covering a lot of Bernie Sanders, a lot of Hillary Clinton surrogates. I lived in Des Moines for six months out of the Iowa caucuses. An incredible, incredible experience. That was kind of the next chapter of my career, if you will.
0: And what was one of the best experiences that you remember from that particular time in your life?
1: You know, one of the things I say about journalism, which is almost cliche at this point, is that journalism uh, is a privilege because it gives you a front row seat to history. Um, but I say it because it's true, right? It's a cliche because it's true. and and that experience on the campaign trail made you appreciate that. There are a million stories, a million examples, but I mean, the one that stands out, I mean, one that stands out, I should say, is I was there at the Javits Center in New York City, in Manhattan on election night in 2016 with the Clinton campaign as it became clear that uh, Trump would become President Trump. And that was just such a moment, you know, again, it was a moment in history to be there in that room uh, the moment that everyone realized what happened. And again, just to, you know, not to relitigate 2016, but to remember, v- nobody expected that. Yeah. Nobody expected that result. So to see something that is so surprising to a nation and a world up close, again, it's, it's a privilege.
0: Yeah, and I think if you ask any reporter where they were when it was announced that Trump was the winner, I, we all remember it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so Danny, um, you know, after that, you moved to San Diego, right? To start your job as a political- yeah,
1: so after, after I moved to California, I was in Bakersfield, California for a little over a year, then moved to San Diego with NBC as well. Um, I had my own political show, that's where we met, um, had a wonderful, wonderful time covering news in San Diego. Um, but I am originally from New York, I'm from the East Coast. So, uh, that's why I ended up at NBC Philadelphia. I've been here, uh, since January. Um, yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride.
0: (laughs) Extremely wild. Yes. Um, okay. So, and it, you know, journalism obviously has its, extremely rewarding moments I agree with you we do have a front line to history and it's amazing because we get to see firsthand um, when things happen when things break and then you know to go out and report it to the world is a privilege but there's also challenges within the news industry so what do you think has been one of the hardest struggles you've faced so far um, throughout your career
1: you know it's it's that's the thing they don't tell you right they the front row seat to history. You know that that's going to be part of it. You know, I have you know a bunch of press badges from all over the country and the world.
0: Oh, I collect them too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you get it. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Some from the Vatican, from Puerto Rico, from you know all over the country and the world. But they, but they don't tell you how much of a toll it takes on you as a person, and. This is something that you discussed. This is something that you know, has been a conversation, uh, and why this, you know, uh, enterprise of yours is so important is because everything, everything is harder. You know, um, your own relationships with your family, trying to make time for your own relationships as a person. Uh, things always seem to <clears throat> get put on hold in. Journalism for the sake of the job. Um, uh, Every two years, not having an apartment to call my own really until I was 25, 26 years old. All of those things are real um, and and challenging. Um, And none of that is to say how challenging the job itself can be when you're in disaster zones, when you're knocking on the door of someone who has just lost their loved one, um, when the news impacts you and your family personally. So there have been a number of challenges and there will be a number of challenges in the years have come, I know. Um, but so far, uh, the journey has been worth it.
0: And with those challenges, um, have you gotten to a breaking point where you feel like it took a toll on your mental, emotional, or physical health? And can you, um, you know, guide me to a specific example? If so,
1: yeah, sure. I mean, God, uh, certainly. I mean, look, I'll, I'll I'll talk actually about physical health first mm-hmm. um, because it, I think both tie into each other. I mean, I remember during the the campaign trail, you know, I was like I said, I was living out of hotels, I was traveling all over the country. It was this fantastic, wonderful experience um, that took me all over the world, and yet I gained about 45 pounds during it. And that's that's a lot, and you know, it's, it's, it's challenging because, you know, you're in an industry that is so um, age-centric, and you're going on TV, and you can see it, you can feel your clothes expand. And, you know, it, we all want to be healthy and run and cook and sleep. Uh, but a lot of times journalism does not allow you to run and cook and sleep in a healthy way. And that's something that, you know, took a lot of effort to reverse and to, to, to understand why it was happening. Um, you know, and that, that, that's part of it, you know, is that, You you become addicted to news is how I have felt in my life. And I'm sure that you've heard people discuss this before. I love my job, but that means that a lot of times your job is not divorced from your life or your personal identity. Mm -hmm. So it can be unhealthy to not be sleeping or sleep so lightly because you're always checking, well, what's happening in the stock market? What did the president tweet? Uh, should I be trying to confirm something now because I'm getting emailed from my bosses, even though it's one o'clock in the morning? Uh, that's that is at times my reality, and I think that's one of those um, things that needs to be broken in terms to, of helping journalists maintain their mental health. One thing I'll say just quickly is that U.S. versus is an example of mental health as well. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm.
1: I remember. Um, very quickly, uh, the Las Vegas shooting uh, at uh, the Mandalay Bay. <clears throat> and I was in Bakersfield, California at the time. I was working there as a reporter. And uh, there were so many people from our market that were at that concert that were traumatized uh, frightened, killed. The young person who was killed in the Vegas massacre was from our market. And I remember getting that call at, you know, 11 o'clock at night on that Sunday, right when it happened, happened, saying, you know, you gotta go, you gotta get in your car and go. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving that long drive to Vegas with my photographer in the middle of the night, you know, trying to get there by morning. I, you know, having tears run down my face and my photographer's face, just trying to, comp- trying to comprehend what we were driving into. Um, and, you know, what What can you say? It's, it's brutal and it's hard. Um, but I'm glad that I had a photographer with me to share in that experience because a lot of times you're by yourself, And that's even
0: harder. Yeah, a lot of times you you're sent as a multimedia journalist. And I mean, if coping with the heaviness of those types of situations is already hard enough, you know, trying to figure out by yourself how to cover the story, how to find an interview, how to get video um, and how to take care of yourself uh, with no one to talk to, with nobody that's going through the situation with you at the same time that, you know, helps you feel understood is extremely difficult.
1: You know, uh, so in Philadelphia, one of the challenges that this city is having at this particular moment is is homicides and and death. Um, We are having likely what will be the deadliest year in the city's recorded history when it comes to homicides and murders. Um, So what that means for us as reporters is very, very often we are talking about homicide, death, shootings, as the mayor said uh, just this week, preventable violence. Um, So I was doing a story with one of my photographers the other day, um, and it was about uh, uh, kill shelters for animals, right? And we were uh, finishing up the story. It was a good story. It was, you know, going to help animals be saved from getting killed, and it was about dogs and cats, and they were just, they were, the, 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 uh, shelters were overflowing. The shelters were overflowing with animals, and there was an urgent call because they would have to start euthanizing animals if nothing happened. We put the story together, we're ready to hit send, and we got the call that, child, a young girl, was both shot and also hit by a car Same a few moments, and we had to go leave our animals' euthanizing stories to cover this awful story of this girl who was shot and hit by a car. And it was that moment where I said, I'm sorry to the animal shelter, we have to change our story. Um, and she said, why? And we said, because of this, and she said, I understand, and we got in the car. And I had to say to my photographer, can we hold on for just a second? Because I am still processing like the, I said, Jason, I'm still processing the potential of death of all of these animals in our community caused by the pandemic being so stressful on people's lives. I need to just address that before I can step into this other awful story of this girl, this child who was hit by a car and shot. Um, And I found that helpful to just pause, acknowledge what we had just been at and then prepare for what we were going to.
0: And what is, you know, how did you, I guess, how do you use that moment of pause or like what is something specifically that helps you address certain stories understand our emotions and be able to move forward in a healthier way to a different story?
1: For me, you have to talk about it. You have to have to talk about it. And, and, you know, like I said, I mean, Philadelphia has been going through an epidemic of, of gun violence and there are a lot of photographers and a lot of reporters who every night go to these shooting scenes. who every night walks up to an area where there is a body covered by a tarp.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: that is, that is really hard for them if they're by themselves to process that every single night and then go home to your wife, to your husband, to your loved ones and not bring that home. It's hard. It's hard if you're doing it every single night. So for me, uh, talking about it and saying something, uh, has been a lifeline
0: and, you know, we
1: don't always have the answers. You know, if my photographer says something to me, if I said to my photographer, you know, we don't always know what to say. But just to be in the moment with another person and process what we are seeing and what we just saw is healing.
0: Danny, and you know, you work for NBC Universal, which is a, a Fortune 500 company, um, and they honestly, I can truly say do a great job at trying to be supportive, trying to be understanding, trying to be a better company. Of course, there's things that you know we can always improve, but um, I have to say that the companies that I have worked for by far NBC has been the best one. Um, have you felt supported in times of, you know, where you feel like you need help or you need guidance or you need Time to process certain stories or certain situations.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I, I do think that my companies that I've worked for have supported me in those situations. But to be perfectly honest, Emiliana, I think that, and I think this is indicative of one of the larger problems about this discussion about mental health and journalism. Uh, journalism is that um, <clears throat> I don't think I have reached out <clears throat> nearly enough for help as much as I should in this industry. In my job. I think that a lot of times journalists, you know this very well, I think a lot of times journalists want to view themselves as cowboys, as not vulnerable to what they're covering day in and day out. And that's just not true. And the more that we acknowledge it, the more that I try to acknowledge that and be conscious that, hey, you know what, it's okay to ask for help. I think the better that I will be not only my job, but also just as a person, I think the better that a lot of journalists across this country will be as well. Just to be able to ask, or not rather, just to be able to say, hey, this was awful.
0: I I need to talk to someone about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not indestructible. Um, And let me ask you a very personal question. I, you know, because most of the reporters that I've spoken to, the females all say, yeah, 100% therapy, like 100%. Have you gone to therapy or do you feel like part of not reaching out for help enough also has to do with the fact that you are a male and you were maybe raised to not be vulnerable?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, listen, I I don't think necessarily that I was personally in my home raised to not be vulnerable, but I do think that I think that in journalism, especially if you're a guy, there's, there's a culture of you go out there, you go out there, you should be fearless. You should be knocking on doors. You should uh, be walking through the floodwater. You should be, uh, you know, willing to take risks for the sake of the story, for the sake of the viewer. Um, And often at your own, Potential risk, uh, without a doubt. And the other thing too is, you know, we're journalists. We, we you know, we, regardless of male or I think we want to tell to tell the story. You know, I always say to somebody, I want, I want to be on TV. I want to bring you this news. Um, but there have been moments, certainly in this job, where I'm very thankful when my photographer or producer says, "Danny, you don't need to do this. You don't need. To, this is not worth risking your life today."
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I want to tell a lot of stories over a lot of years, there's a downed wire, you know, this is too dangerous, let's move, let's get out of here, Um, you don't need to be a hero. Uh, And that's important. So to answer your question, uh, the larger question, um, no, no, I have not sought out therapy um, as a result of this industry or my job yet. And one of the things, frankly, I'm excited to do is to seek out therapy uh, as a result of this job and also my personal life, just because I think that thankfully we're in a time where it is not viewed as weak. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong necessarily with you to go to therapy. It's just, a, it should you go and get your physical at the doctor,
0: you should, you know, check on your mental health as well. For sure, for sure. I totally agree. Thank you for being so open about that, Danny. Um, is there one thing that you would like journalists who are on the field right now, maybe struggling uh, with mental health, physical or emotional, um, that you would recommend, or any advice that you want to give colleagues aside from, you know, seeking therapy or talking about their stories?
1: Yeah, two different things. There are a few different things. Um, the first is that the way that I think about journalism, especially if you're in a local TV market, especially if you're a print reporter, really if you're, if you're anyone kind of doing this day in and day out, uh, frankly, I think of it as, I think of it like baseball, where you always have another shot coming up the next day. Just because today goes wrong, just today, because today goes bad, just because today was hard, doesn't mean that tomorrow has to be, doesn't mean that tomorrow will be, and it also, you will have a tomorrow. Tomorrow will come, you will have more chances to either get this story right, to reframe yourself, to have maybe a more or a less difficult day. Um, and the same thing about baseball, right? In baseball, you have, you know, over hundred games in a year. You get a lot of chances. Um, today is not permanent. Tomorrow will come. There will be another newscast. There will be another day. So you can leave that day behind if you can. But I think that a lot of times just having the permission or, or knowing you're right. It, I can put this day behind me mm-hmm. and still wake up tomorrow and still do a good job and still um, approach a day with new health and new energy. You can, and you're allowed to. You don't have to take home every single story and live with that. So that's the first thing I would say, is just to, to, just to remember that, that it's, it's not, a lot of these things are not, do not have to be permanent. A lot of things is, of course, not your choice if they're permanent, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be permanent. Every single day and you get more reps. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that, you know, I, I, like I said before, I mean, the, the only way that I have been able to survive in this industry, in terms of my physical health, in terms of my mental health, is to find and seek out the other people in this industry who are dealing with the same things you are. And there are a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Most of us are willing to have that conversation. But I have been, and I know too many reporters who often want to silo themselves off so much from the day to day in your job that. You don't realize how much mental health help you may need until finally one coworker asks the questions, to "How are you doing?" You know, there was a we had a we had a session on mental health the other day in, in in NBC Philadelphia, and it was just very revealing because you can tell there are some reporters, there are some producers, there are some folks who are traumatized, take it home and never say anything to anyone about it and try to brush it off, try to say it's okay. Um, Then you don't realize how deep that pain is and how many layers of trauma there may be until you, for the first time, perhaps talk about it with another reporter, another person going through that. Yeah. so talk about it, that would be my biggest advice because yeah. it won't get better if you don't talk about it and it will only build if you
0: don't talk about it. I agree, so thank you for talking about it. <laughs> um, Danny, anything you would like the world to know about journalists?
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I would like the world to know about journalists is that you know we, we are human, right? We are not only are human, but one of the things I should say, one of the things I really love about local journalism um, is we live here too, right? We live in this community. We want our communities to succeed. We want our communities to be better. We want our communities to be places where our families and your families can grow up and thrive. Um, and I just hope people know that. Because a lot of times people think we're out to get them. We're, we're frustrated. We're trying to dig into things. Um, and it's true. We want to uncover things. But we want to do it with your interests in mind. And we live here too. We don't want to be um, villains in our own communities. Uh, we want to help. And it's not always perfect. Um, it's you know the rough draft of history, right? But we're working every day to make sure it gets better. I can say that.
0: I love that. And as we work every day to make sure that it gets better, um, what is one thing that you'd like to see improved in the news industry um, to make it better?
1: Ah, oh, that's a good question.
0: Um, There's plenty of things. I know, so- but but one thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just if, if I could choose. Just one.
1: <laughs> uh, at least in relation to our conversation, right? Because a lot of things I would love to change in the news industry, but at least mm-hmm. mental health in relation to uh, healing and protecting ourselves, um, in this kind of crazy environment that we often are thrown into. Um, I would want the notion that we, (coughs) excuse me, the thing that I think I would want to change in this industry would be the mindset that we, as journalists, as producers, as managers even, always have to be plugged in. To what is happening every single day. Uh, I am guilty of it. I, on my days off, uh, will go and watch the 11 o'clock news and watch the four o'clock news and, you know, text someone saying, hey, I think that may have been the wrong video. Or uh, what do you think about this? Or actually, I have a source who can talk to you about this. And your life does not have to be a news cycle. Your life does not have to be dictated by a news cycle. Um, And I wish that were explained more to young journalists so that the habits don't form when you're in your first market and your first job and you think my whole life has to be this. And I'm working on that.
0: I completely agree. And yes, I remember you, uh, texting me several times, sending me sources and helping me with stories, and I appreciated highly. Um, but I glad. Glad. we need to we need to unplug um, and disconnect um, for our own mental health and well-being.
1: Yeah, seriously, and you know, and one of the things for me, you know, so it's funny, I you know, to bring it full circle, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned I mentioned the weight gain right after two thousand and sixteen, and that was like my. my my family and everyone were like, what is wrong? I mean, what is wrong? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I said, I was like, I promise nothing is wrong. It's a- I'm going through something. <laughs> no, I know, I'm going through something, but also it's, you know, this is a particularly unhealthy environment. Yeah. I, I will handle this. I know how to, I know this is an anomaly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: thus birthed out of that, um, one of my great Passions, hobbies—something I'd never done before in my life—and that was running. Um, when I got to California after the campaign trail, and I was, you know, very overweight, uh, I said, "I'm going to fix it and let's try this. I've never done this before. It seems to be very beneficial. It seems to be very um, helpful for a lot of other people, and uh, it was great. I would say it was a lifesaver, just to." What I love about running is that you can't, you can't look at a screen while you're running. You can't be tethered to a television when you're running. You can't really read an article when you're running. You still listen to podcasts, but it's so important to my mental health to get outside, to not be looking at screens, to not be looking at Twitter, and to enjoy the environment around me. That is a lifesaver.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, exercise is key to taking care of yourself um, because of all the benefits that come with it. So, yeah. Speaking about it, exercise, unplug, um, anything else? No, just,
1: I guess the last thing is just, you know, one photographer, this is one thing I don't want to mention is that one photographer wants to only use. Yeah. You know, because we run we run toward fire. We run toward the crime scene. Like first responders do. percent But at the end of the day, we are lucky in that we don't have to save a life at the night. At the end of the night. If we miss slot, if we miss deadline. It's bad don't do it but it's okay you know yourself those nights will suck but it's just TV. it's just news
0: yeah And, and it's, next day. yeah and it's okay to to miss a deadline yes we feel terrible if we miss a deadline but it's not the end of the world for sure um and sometimes it happens i mean yeah. Exactly. We have to meet a deadline every single day. It's it's okay if every once in a it's while. It's happened to all of us. Yeah. It's happened to all of us. Exactly. Awesome. Danny, if you don't have anything else to add, I think I'll leave it on that note. Awesome. Thank you so much for opening up with me um, and feel better. I know you were a little bit sick, so thank you. For thank you. Miss Wall, you were sick. You're amazing. Um, I'd say hi to Lori.
1: Will do. Um,
0: Thank you. Journalists, this one's for you. To help you heal, to help you understand your worth, and to help you know you're not alone. So share the love and subscribe to Spotify and YouTube and follow us on Instagram. The Awakened Journalist is proud to present Media Healers by Emiliana Molina Fajardo.